The 2023 draft class is in the rearview mirror for the Saints, and now we have to ask the question, did they do enough to be considered contenders in the NFC, or at the very least, was enough talent acquired for us to feel like they're climbing up the ladder? Talk about it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? It's Chris Rosvogel, and we're welcoming you into another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, and this is brought to you by Scott Vicnair. Injury lawyers, have you been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore? Scott Vicnair handles it all. You can give them a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. Yes, that's right, a free consultation. They will always fight for the win. So, 2023 NFL Draft, we kind of... I don't want to say turn the page on it, but we definitely see that it's in the rearview mirror now. The, the picks have all been put in, and the Saints had an interesting haul, right? Getting Brian Brzee first round, Isaiah Foskey second round, Kendra Miller, the, then as, adding Nick Saldaveri, bringing in an A.T. Perry later on, a Jordan Howden out of Minnesota, and of course, Jake Hayner, the quarterback of Fresno State. There's a lot to like about this draft class. I think especially in the first two picks, I think the Saints did a good job of addressing a position group that I was worried about. Would it be a weakness, right? At defensive line, they lost a lot of firepower, or at least depth, I should say, in free agency. Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Caden Ellis. That's a lot of your production, not only D-line, but also pass rushing, because Caden Ellis, although he's a linebacker, did a great job of kind of elevating their pass rush November onward, I would say, of last year. So here's the way I'll put it for this draft class. I don't think I can sit here today and confidently tell you that I think the Saints are contenders in the NFC because, A, we're so far out from the season. But more importantly, I have to see that Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael learned from last year's mistakes, have made those adjustments, and that could lead to wins. I mean, think about it. For everything that went wrong last year, there were seven wins, and there were a lot of games that had they had better coaching and maybe made one or two less miscues, there's three, maybe four wins you add to the record. Think of the Panthers game. Think of the Bucks game. Uh, think of the, the Bengals game. That's three right there off the bat that I'm thinking of, and I'm sure there's a couple more that I'm missing. So I think there is, in terms of talent, enough here to talk about the Saints being a competitive team in the NFC. Because think about it. What were some of the major problems last year? Quarterback was one. You bring in Derek Carr. Now, you don't have to like Derek Carr. You don't have to think he's an elite quarterback because I think he's far from an elite quarterback. But I think he is a very solid quarterback, and I think he's out absolutely an improvement over what the Saints have had. And this isn't a slight on anyone. Just think of what the Saints have done the last two years, starting multiple quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, Andy Dalton. That's a lot of quarterbacks to start in a two-year span. If Derek Carr's durable like he's been for the last couple of years, you feel good about finally having a solid, dependable option there under center. So you improve the biggest part of a football team, the quarterback spot. How about the offensive playmakers? It's kind of a mixed bag, right? You do lose a guy in Adam Troutman, but no one really thinks he is, I'd say, a world beater. You had to get better at running back. You bring in Jamal Williams. Now, what about Alvin? If Alvin misses time, are you concerned there? Well, they go out and they get Kendra Miller, TCU running back with the most rushing yards any TCU back has had since Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson. That gives you a little bit more comfort. So you feel great about that. Offensive line, did it improve much? No. Did they add a little bit more depth, though? In bringing in what we talked about before in Nick Saldaveri, I think you did. And, and I think this is an intriguing prospect who you can move around the offensive line. So you have to feel great about that regard. 
and it doesn't stop there, obviously. Defensive line, I talked about it. Didn't feel great about it last year. I thought they were getting older and slower. Were they getting younger and hopefully faster in bringing in Brian Brzee, bringing in Isaiah Foskey? And if you're not confident about them yet, because again, they're going to be rookies. They're going to go through learning curves. You bring in Colin Saunders of the Chiefs, who's coming off a career year, and you bring in Nathan Shepard. And for everyone who says, well, Nathan Shepard's not much, and I get it, it seems more like a role player. When you see his contract, there's two things that come to mind. A, defensive tackle market is skyrocketing, which is good for them. And then two, I think that the Saints have a vision for this type of player, hence why they went out and paid the way they did. So I'm definitely intrigued in terms of kind of overhauling the D-line. I think this is something they had to do. And the fact that they did that and then added enough depth for me to say, man, there's about nine guys here that they might utilize. I feel pretty good about it because coming into the draft and maybe even the first start of free agency, I was looking around and I was saying, man, this D-line is going to be a weak point of this team. Now I look at it, and while there are question marks, I'm not sitting here kind of in fear of what this unit might be. Think about it. Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner, Nathan Shepard, Colin Saunders, Carl Granderson, Malcolm Roach, Isaiah Foskey, Brian Brzee. I mean, right there, Antano. You got, you got nine guys right there, and that's more depth than you had coming into the offseason. So I'm definitely excited about that regard. I have concerns about linebacker. Don't get me wrong. I have slight concerns about safety. Not Tyron Matthew, more so, more so Marcus May. Does he develop uh, and, and have a better second year in New Orleans? Because that first year was not great. But overall, you still feel like the pieces are intact for them to have a respectable top half of the league defense this year. And then offensively, if Derek Carr gets this thing rolling, and he might, he might very well do so, you feel like you have the pieces in place. Because I keep hearing, you know, do the Saints have enough weapons? Olave, I expect to really take that next step. You know, and even if he doesn't take a huge step, he's already in a thousand yard receiver. Rashid Shahid, you guys know what I think about the kid. I thought he was phenomenal towards the, the, the later half of the season. Michael Thomas, is he going to be healthy? It's a huge question mark. It's one that I can't dismiss. And I honestly, when I kind of assess the Saints, I kind of do it in a way where I'm assuming Mike's not there for the full season. Because if Mike is, I'm telling you, that's at least a game's difference in the win loss column. Don't believe me? Go rewatch the Falcons game week one. He is still a dog, and he has that mindset where he's trying to win every single rep. He's trying to beat you thoroughly. So there's weapons there for the receiver spot. But they also brought in some depth, bringing in Brian Edwards, bringing in A.T. Perry, even some guys that, you know, Saints fans may want out of here. You keep a Keith Kirkwood and a Traquan Smith around, and worst comes to worst, these are guys that know the system to give you a little bit of competition in training camp to make sure those other guys you brought in, Brian Edwards, A.T. Perry, they got to work for their spots. I love that regard. Again, running back. I thought the Saints did a good job of really upgrading that backfield. The fact that we were talking about probably four to five backs that are going to compete in camp, I love that. I absolutely love that for the Saints. So they've done a good, good job there. And even the quarterback spot, because I talked about the injuries. You keep Jameis Winston, so the starter is now the backup. You bring in Jay Kaner, gives you a little bit more depth. And not only do you have depth now at that spot, this allows Taysom Hill to kind of do his thing and, and be that do-it-all Swiss Army knife weapon that we love to see in New Orleans. So that long-winded rant gets me to this point. Did the Saints do enough in the draft to become a contender? Again, I'm not so sure. Did they do enough in the draft for me to feel way better about this team today than I did a week ago? Without a freaking doubt. Without a doubt. Like I said, improved at D-line. Added another back in the case that Alvin goes down. And even if he doesn't, you have depth. You have another playmaker there. 
love that aspect of it. You get a potential steal in A.T. Perry. You get a versatile offensive lineman that you can use in Nick Saldaveri. And then even Jordan Howard, who Howard, who I didn't mention that much, he could be a special teams player for them. He really could be. Contributed at Minnesota in that regard. A lot of experience under his belt. Maybe he could play factor there. So I, I really love what the Saints did in the draft. None of the picks were the flashy picks, the ones that kind of make you start go, man, I, you know, this is it. This is huge. But a lot of, I'd say, savvy moves that line up with what they're trying to do this year. Just about every player outside of Jake Hayner, you can make an argument for the Saints, is going to help them win now. Foskey's going to be a pass rusher. Brian is going to be a three-down defensive tackle for them. You bring in Kendrick Miller. You can use him in any variety you want at a running back position. Like I said, Saldivari, if someone goes down or you need him in that jumbo package, maybe that six offensive lineman, he can do that. Even A.T. Perry, if he's if he's, you know, gets a hold of the drops that have been killing him, that's going to be a huge boost to this team. So I will say, in the short answer, on paper, yes, they have moved closer. Now, how close? Not sure. Not as low as some people think. I think some people are ridiculous with just, you know, I tweeted about it earlier today, people's top 10s, and Saints weren't even in the top 10 of the NFC. I think that's just highly disrespectful. And I get it, right? There are reservations about the Saints. And I think some of it is warranted. And I think a lot of it's the coaching staff, right? Because if Sean Payton were here or another great coach was here, you would probably be feeling really good about their playoff chances. So there's that slight doubt. But how do you not look at this roster and say that they're better than a Rams team or a Packers team that just lost Rodgers or even, you know, a Vikings team that lost a, that won a lot of close games this year and then lost a lot of talent in the offseason? And, and again, the Saints were double doink away from going into overtime with them, missing key guys. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara didn't play in that London game. And honestly, it doesn't stop there. The Panthers, I see, they seem to be the favorite in some people's eyes. I'm not going to dismiss them. I think Panthers, Saints, Falcons are going to contend. I see the Bucks at the bottom of the South. But New Orleans has a lot of win-now pieces in place. And at, at the moment, that does heighten the pressure, right? Because they don't make the playoffs. Changes are coming. Big changes are coming. But I kind of like that where there is that added pressure. And a lot of vets know we are still into win it now. And maybe the Saints doubling down on this situation will blow up in their face and they'll be left kind of at the table with no money. But they did enough, I think, in my opinion, honestly, to put them in a spot where you feel good about them contending in the NFC South. And again, we've, which I've talked about with Lance Moore and John Henderson a million times. Just got to get in. And once you get in, and if you have a competitive defense, ball bounces your way a couple of times, who the hell knows what happens. But for now, did the Saints do enough to become a contender? Solidified? I'd say no. Moving in the right direction? Absolutely. And do I think they have solidified their status as should be the team to beat in the NFC South? Yes, I do feel that way after what they did in the draft. I firmly believe they added enough pieces that are going to help them win now. I, I really am, and maybe it's too bullish. Maybe it's foolish on my part. But Brzee and Foskey, I think they're going to play pivotal parts for this team. I'm going to give them that D-line depth that they need. And I keep going back to that. I think Foskey can be a game changer out the gate for New Orleans. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm interested. I'm going to turn the question to you. Did the Saints do enough in your mind so far to become contenders on paper? Obviously, we got to see how everything goes down, how the season plays out, what does the coaching staff do, all that. But do you feel like the pieces are in place for them to contend? I think the answer is actually yes. It's about the execution now. But of course, as always, I want to know what the Houdat Nation is thinking. So let me know in the comment section below here for Boo Crew Media. But that's going to do it for this brief edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, guys, make sure to subscribe to Boo Crew Media's YouTube page to get more content like this because we'll always be dropping new content throughout the week. And as always, 
keep it staying tuned here for the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation.